Thank you, Sarah. Good morning, everybody. Good to have you here today. I hope that you've had an epic week, and I hope you're ready for an epic Sunday as we continue our our series that we started last week on the 5G life. Last week, we talked about this idea that if you are a Christ follower, if, if you've given your heart to Jesus, then the goal of the Christian life is for you to become like Jesus. And we talked about that idea that most of us don't start off like Jesus. There might be like one or two of you here that actually uh, you know, have that status. But most of us, as we are new to our faith in Jesus Christ, we realize that, that we've got a ways to go, that we've got a journey to go on, and we've got to, to learn how to become like Him. And so one of the questions that, that I wrestle with around that is then, how do we get there? How do we get from where we are to where we need to be, like Jesus. And as we've kind of wrestled with that subject here at Epic, we've come up with this 5G life thing. And so this series, we're walking through that, and it's going to be language that we're going to be using somewhat often here at Epic. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you're at the beginning of your journey or you're years into your journey, we believe this 5G life is something that should guide us whether we're new or we've been on our journey for a significant period of time. And so let me just run through that real quick, what the 5Gs are for us. It starts with God, grow, gather, give, and go. And, um, and I know that you're not going to remember that right now today, but over time we're hoping that this stuff will start settling in and we'll, we'll be able to capture that and remember it. But just to walk through it just a little bit deeper, we, we start with God. And um, we start with the idea of talking and listening to God on a daily basis. So if you want to grow to become like Jesus, you should talk to God and you should actually listen to him on a regular basis. And then we've got grow. So we should learn from God daily and apply what we are learning. We've got gather. So we should gather with a small group of Christ followers, a small group of people who are committed to him and to learn what it means for us to live in biblical community. And then the give component. We should learn to give of our time, our talents, and our resources in order to advance the kingdom of God. And then last, we should go. And we should tell others about Jesus with our life and our words. And so that captures for us, in summary, the 5G life. And last week we talked about the first G and this idea of talking and listening to God daily. And we talked about the idea that it's, it's prayer. And prayer is often a very intimidating thing for many people. And yet prayer is simply a conversation conversation that we have with God, and we've got to establish this conversation with God and this relationship with God. We've got to learn how to do that, and we've got to grow in it. And every day, we should hang out talking with the creator of the universe. Every day, we should be listening to him, what he has to say to us. And it's still mind-boggling to me and amazing for me to think that the creator of the universe, number one, has time to hang out with me, and number two, wants to hang out with me. And I don't know if that humbles any of you, but um, if you know me, it might humble you to know that, you know, the Creator wants to hang out with me. But the reality is the Creator of the universe has you on His calendar. You know, when you wake up in the morning and maybe you look at your calendar and you say, what do I have to do today? And you've got all this list of things. And then maybe you try to squeeze God in like somewhere, maybe like right before you eat or something. And God goes, you know what? My calendar is full of you all day long. It's you every hour. It's you every minute. I want to hang with you. I want to talk to you. I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear from me because God has much to say to us. 
And we've got to learn how to listen and how to talk with him. Today we're transitioning into the second G, which is grow. And so we need to learn from God daily and then apply what we are learning. And again, these are the things that are part of Jesus' life. So Jesus had all five of of these G's active in his life. And so if we want to become like Jesus, we've got to learn how to do these things. Now, with every spiritual formation process that anybody comes up with, and every church, uh, you know, works real hard to do this stuff, come up with a process to move people from where they are towards, towards Jesus, there's no process that's perfect. There's always holes in, in everything. It's, it, it, it's, it mirrors our journey with God. So on our journey with God, we, we find that the journey is filled with surprises, The journey itself is not perfect. The journey itself is a difficult road to walk down. I like how author Larry Crabb says this in one of his books. The journey towards Christ is not easily mapped. And whatever map that we come up with will be less than precise. And sincere attempts to follow it will not lead to a bump-free existence. Somehow in, in my growing up around Christianity, I developed this idea that when I gave my heart to Jesus and the more I walked on a road with him, that I could experience this bump-free life. That when I said, God, I'll follow you, his job then was to like go before me and make it smooth and, and make it straight. And I'm learning, the more I walk with God, that that's not part of the bargain with God. Just because you've given your heart to Jesus, it doesn't mean we're going to experience this bump-free life. Yet so often, we, we get this idea that if we just find the right formula, you know, if we just wear that right shirt, if we just have that right Bible, or if we just listen to that right CD, or if we just do that right thing, that we'll be able to, to get on this fast track towards Jesus, and, and we'll be able to like microwave ourselves into becoming like Christ and, and we all desire that and want that. I know I do. I'd like to be on the fast track of, of discovering what it means to be like Jesus. And years ago, I was at this conference, and they had this, this book that had these uh, amazing uh, things packaged inside the book. And this book was promoted as, you know, you buy this book, and, you know, your life is going to go better, and you're going to learn to be like Jesus and I think it came with some Ginzu knives and, and you know, a couple of buckets of OxyClean or something. I mean, it was this really cool book. So I'm at this conference, and I'm like, man, should I buy that thing? I don't know if I should get it. But yeah, I think I'm going to get it. You know, it's going to be amazing. This is, it's going to guide me every day. It's going to help me every day know what I need to be doing every day, focusing on Jesus. You know, my wife's going to be amazed as she interacts with me. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll probably have that holy glow. And, you know, my kids will watch me walk on water. And, I mean, it's just going to be... It's going to be great. And as I was preparing for this talk, I actually found that book on my shelf. I said, wow, that was like eight years ago. Cool. So I pulled it off, and I opened it up and went, don't really remember much of this book. Um, It was a fantastic book, but I don't really remember much of it at all. And yet, um, at the moment, I wanted it to be the thing that would help me become like Jesus. And the, the more I walk with God, the more I'm learning that there are no um, quick fixes to Jesus. It's a long journey. It's a long road that we walk on. It's a decision that we say, I'm going to move on this adventure. I'm going to pack, and I'm going to head in a direction, and I will always walk in that same direction, always learning what it means to become like Jesus. I won't get there just overnight. 
It involves hard work, lots of hard work. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that we should work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. And then in 1 Timothy 4, 7, it says, Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And so this idea of physical training, I mean, we all know in our brains that we should probably exercise and work out and do that kind of stuff to maintain the bodies that we have. But God says, you know, that will only last so long on this earth. But when you train spiritually, when you work hard and you exercise your spiritual muscles, you'll take that with you into eternity. So I have wondered, if that's the goal, if God wants us all to become like Jesus, then why is becoming like Jesus so hard? Why is it so difficult? You know, you would think if God really wanted everybody to get there, he'd just make it easy so everybody could get there. And so I want to ask you your thoughts and insight on that. And this is where you can participate with me for just a moment. What are your thoughts on why it's so difficult to become like Jesus? Who's brave enough to share? Chris. Okay. Okay, so you don't appreciate it as much if you don't work hard to get it. Okay? Man, I wish that were not true. But I think it is. Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay, so let me summarize that. So basically, we are not like God. We are not like Jesus. And so there's a lot of hard work that we have to do in order to become like Him. That's great. Good insight. Anybody else? Why is it so hard? Okay, so we are human, and we have these, these desires inside of us that distract us away from living the life that we want to live. Great insight. Yep. Free will. What do, what do you mean by that? It's like the leading process. Okay. Okay. So with all that, he says, listen, here's the choice. You have path A, path B in front of you. I encourage you to choose the path that leads towards me, but I give you the choice. You have the choice to make. Great insight from all of you on that. Listen to one, one other point that I wanted to make this morning. You all made all of the points that I was trying to make this morning, so good job on that. There's one extra point that I was thinking of. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 6. And if you actually have your Bible with you, um, grab, grab it and turn over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you don't have a Bible with you, take one of our paperback Bibles around you and turn to page 898. Page 898. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against 
evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So why is it so important for us to learn from God and apply? Why is it so difficult for us to become like Jesus? Another reason is we have an enemy. We have an enemy that stands in front of us as an obstacle, a major obstacle between us and becoming like Jesus. And he'll do anything within his power to prevent us from becoming like Jesus. And, and that's why it's so critical for us to learn and apply what God is teaching us. Because it's a matter of survival. You know, it's not just a, a, a nice thing that, that we do. If you want to, you know, grow to become like Jesus, that's a really good thing in your life. That's a great aspiration. And, you know, every, other people can do whatever they want to do. But if you want to do that, that's great. It's nice. It's more critical than that. It's essential for survival. And so we learned last week that we have this real enemy that walks around the earth, and the Bible describes him as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's pretty intimidating. So if I'm going to take on a lion, I think I'd like to have some, um, some armor on. I think I'd like to have some weapons to use against that enemy. And God knows that as we walk this planet, that the enemy is roaming the earth, seeking who he, whom he may devour. And so it's critical for us to have our armor on and to be using it effectively and to be learning and applying what God is teaching us in the Bible. So when it comes to learning to be like Jesus, I found that the best way to do that is to turn to a truth source. We've got to have a guide, a truth source that shows us what is Jesus like so we can learn how to become like him. And that's found in the Bible. So reading the Bible is essential to growing in the Christian life. I mean, it, it's, it's really... a, a it's the main part of the process of what it means to, to learn what Jesus is like and how to, to discover how we battle the enemy and how we grow in our faith. It's reading the Bible. Without it, we wander through life, wondering what direction we should turn. And with it, we have more clarity. Doesn't mean you don't wander some. Doesn't mean we don't search for God's answers. But with it, it's like a light. The Bible teaches that it's like a light that shows the next few steps on the path. Doesn't show the whole path, doesn't show the end of the path, it just shows the next few steps on the path. And so when we have the Bible and we're, we're learning it, it helps us to, to know what next few steps to take on our journey of becoming like Jesus. And I want to give you a few quick tips on learning the Bible. Just if you're new to the Bible, just you can take some of these home with you today and you can start applying them. Make sure that you get a Bible that you understand. There are some people... Um, when I ask them if they've got a Bible at home, they understand, and they say, yeah, I got one of those big family Bibles, you know, one of those like ginormous things that's sitting on the coffee table, and you know, you open it up, and, and it's, dust flies everywhere, and it's written in like the 1600s King James Version of the Bible, uh, of English, and you read it, and you're like, ah, I'm not really sure. It sounds really cool, but I have no idea what it says. I encourage you 
to get a copy of the Bible that you understand. So as we translate the Bible, there, there's many translations that come along, and they're updated so that we can keep tracking along with current English. And so the Bible that we use here is the New Living Translation, uh, a recent translation that, that's been um, updated in our current English. And so I encourage you, if you don't have one at home, take one of these as our free gift to you and start using it so that you can understand what you're reading. The next thing I encourage you to do is consider getting a study Bible. Get a, a study Bible like a life application study Bible. And you can get those in different translations. But you get a study Bible, and it gives you a little more detail as you're reading the Scriptures. As you're, as you're reading through a passage, it'll tell you a little bit more what's going on in the culture of that time. It'll tell you a little bit more what's happening for the, that people group that were reading that at that time. And it'll challenge you in a new way as you read that. I also encourage you to bring your Bible wherever it's being taught. So bring your Bible with you on Sunday. And as you're here, just open up your Bible. We turn to a page, uh, turn over there, grab a pen, uh, underline the verses that are standing out to you, write some things in the margin. It really is okay to write in your Bible. You know, you won't like die and be struck by God if you do that. It's a great way to learn and you'll be amazed at what you will learn in a short amount of time if you do that. Just take your Bible with you wherever it's being taught. Take notes and, uh, and, and highlight. You'll learn a lot in a very short amount of time as you do that. I heard a pastor say one time that the idea is not to get all the way through the Bible, but to get the Bible all the way through us. I thought, how cool is that? You know, so we set these goals. I want to read through the Bible in a year. Man, that's great. I think we should all at some point, you know, make our way through the Bible. But the idea is to really get the the concepts of the Bible in us, that we live those out on a regular basis. And that thought is echoed in John chapter 3, in verse 30, where this guy by the name of John the Baptist says this, there needs to be more of Jesus in my life and less of me. And it's just amazing little statement that he has there. And if you know anything about this guy named John the Baptist, he was the guy that his job was to introduce the world to Jesus. So Jesus would come along and he would say, there he is. That's the Lamb of God. He's shown up on planet Earth to take away the sins of the whole world. And so this guy, John, he had his total focus on becoming like Jesus and telling people about Jesus everywhere. And so John says, all I know in my life is that there needs to be more of him and less and less of me. And that summarizes the spiritual growth process. That's the goal of the Christian life, is for there to be more of God, more of Jesus displayed through our lives and less and less of us. In Galatians 2.20 in the New King James Version, we're going we're gonna to see a different, uh, the New Living Translation come up on the screen here. But listen to how the, the New King James Version says this verse right here. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's kind of a strange verse, isn't it? And a guy walking around talking about it, he's, he was crucified with Christ. But here's a guy who says, you know what? I don't want to be the one who's living. I want Jesus to be the one who lives in me. And that's what baptism symbolizes. We're talking about baptism today, and we're doing that later today. When we're baptized, when you go down underwater, it symbolizes your death to your old life. And when you come out of the water, it symbolizes being raised to new life in Jesus. Where you say, I am dead to my old ways, my old life. You know, those old um, human nature habits that we talk about that distract us away from God. I'm choosing to die to those out of my free will. 
And I'm choosing to be raised to new life in Jesus because I want to become like Jesus. So as we grow in our relationship with God, people should interact more and more with Jesus and less and less with us. You know those moments when you're tempted to like, just like be human and allow like your thoughts to come out when you have a bad interaction with someone? Jesus says that should happen less. And as you interact with people, it should be more and more of Jesus that comes out when you have those awkward interactions in, in our community. Now, as we begin down this real critical path of learning the Bible, um, I've got some cautions for us. So we're going to talk about this journey that we're going to be on um, in learning the Bible and learning Scripture and having that as a critical part of our lives. But there are some cautions that we need to be aware of as we walk down this road. And in many Christian circles, we've come up with this idea that knowing a lot about the Bible and knowing it for a long time means you are like Jesus, so we've come up with this, this interesting little formula that if you know a lot about the Bible and you have known it for a long time, then that must mean that you are like Jesus. And I grew up in a lot of church environments that had that as their formula for, for spiritual growth. And as I was growing up at a young age, my parents had me in church before I could decide whether I wanted to be there or not. And so I went to church and was learning um, a lot uh, learned a lot about the Bible, and from a very young age, I could tell you most of the Bible stories. I could tell you most of the points out of the Bible stories. Um, I had accumulated a lot of head knowledge about God, about the, the Scripture, about Jesus, but I just wasn't a, applying that knowledge. It just wasn't a part of my life. I knew the way that God wanted me to live. You know, as I continued to grow older and hit my teenage years, I knew what God wanted me to do. But many times in my own life, I just wasn't doing it. You know, on the outside, if you were to look at my life, you'd say, hey, that's a guy really on track towards being like Jesus. Because I was checking off all those right religious boxes. You know, I was going to church on a regular basis. You know, when I was little, I was saying my Bible verses in uh, Sunday school class to get my little sticker next to my name and, you know, how great that was. And um, so I was doing all these right things on the outside, but I just wasn't allowing God to transform me on the inside. And that's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be with God when, when we get there. If we ever find ourselves in that place, and hopefully we won't get there. But, you know, the Bible says that the, the people who love God are the people who do what he says. And if you were to ask me at any point in, in my journey, in, in that season of my life, if you were to ask me and say, do you love God? I would have said, absolutely, yes. And if you were to follow it up and say, do you do what he says? I would have had to say no. I would have had to just be honest and say, you know what, I, I just, I don't. I don't always do that. I know it, but I don't always follow through with what God wants me to do. That's a dangerous place to be, having a lot of knowledge and yet no application of that. Now let me illustrate this in another way. We've got several stacks of books up here. So this stack of books over here, this nice tall stack, represents... Um, the books that are on my side of the bed at our house, okay? So these are on my nightstand uh, right next to our bed. These two books over here represent the books that sit next to my wife's side of the bed, all right? So as we look at these two books, you notice there's a difference, right? What are some of the differences that you can pick out about these two different stacks of books? Mine is taller. Mine is taller. Yes, 
Minus Tarla. And just let me inform you of both sets of books. The, all of these books are books that guide you in a journey towards becoming like Jesus. That's predominantly what I read. It's predominantly what my wife reads. It's a book that helps us move in a direction towards God. So what else do you notice about these two stacks of books? Oh, ouch. I don't know how to finish a book. Ouch. Wow, that came from a dear friend, I know. All right, so uh, we'll talk about these books just a little bit. I love to learn. I love knowledge. I love information. I love learning. I love the process of learning. I love everything about it. And so I'm just fascinated with, with learning. Now, if, if you were to look at these two things and not know me as well as our friend in the back does, um, you might come to some conclusions. So if you were to just know that these are the stacks of books that are on our side of the bed, you might make some conclusions that, hey, man, Trent is really serious about growing in his relationship with God. Look at all those books. You know, I mean, it's rather impressive, this, this side, compared to, you know, poor Tammy over here. She's only got like two books. Is she all that serious about coming like Jesus? I'm not sure. Here's what you need to know about the difference between our stacks. This stack of books over here, as my friend gave away the punchline, only get about halfway read. And this stack of books over here get read and applied. So my wife is a voracious reader. And so she only has a couple of books beside her bed, and she actually opens them up, and she reads them to the end. Can you believe it? She'll even start a book that she doesn't like and finish that book, even if she doesn't like the book. I know that's kind of weird. But she'll get to the end of the book. She will wrestle with the concepts in it. She will talk with me about it. She will process it. She will begin applying those truths. And then she'll pick up another book, and she'll start reading wrestling, and applying. I will go, wow, can you drink the cup that Jesus drank? Oh, that's awesome. And I will start reading. And then I'll go, oh, wow, look at that. Primal. Oh, man, a quest for the lost soul of Christianity. Oh, this is fascinating. I think I, oh, look, I, I didn't even make it out of the intro in that book. Oh, this is great. Oh, look here. Look, counterfeit gods. Tim Keller, The Empty Promises of Money, Sex, Power, and the Only Hope That Matters. Man, oh, I, I, I did a little bit better in that one. Then you've got the green letters. I get distracted by I, I want to read all of these books, and I want to understand all of these books. But I just don't apply much of it because I don't finish it. There's a lot of knowledge that, that I have, but if I don't move it into application, we're in trouble. And so I've got to continue to learn to be more like Tammy when it comes to this. Be more like, hey, when, when the, the Bible says something, I need to learn how to apply it. I need to do it right away. And that's a challenge for all of us when it, when it comes to our journey with God. You know, I feel like a lot of us have this spiritual ADHD thing going on. You know, we have this thirst for knowledge. Give me more, give me more. You know, for me, there are moments that I cannot go into a bookstore because I will walk out with another book that will be half read. And so my wife will always say, are you going to read that one? I'll say one day, I probably will. And it'll be a great day when we get done. So I've got to learn how to slow down, read, and apply. And all of us need to do that on our own journey with God. If our formula for becoming like Jesus is knowledge plus time, if, if it's 
learning a lot of information plus a long period of time, then somewhere on our journey, we get this temptation to believe that we don't have to apply what God is saying, that we're doing good enough because we keep learning. We keep learning what it means to become like Jesus, and we deceive ourselves into believing that is the process to becoming like Jesus instead of just applying what we're learning. And so Jesus had an interaction in the Bible with some religious leaders of his day, some very smart guys, guys that knew a lot about the Bible. Their head knowledge was, was huge. And Jesus had some very strong words for the religious leaders that walked around the planet when he was on the earth. He called them hypocrites. He called them a, a bunch of vipers. He called them blind guides and blind fools. And in Matthew 23... Jesus kind of unloads his thoughts on these religious leaders. And he says in verse 27 and verse 28, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like religious people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Do you ever wonder why the religious leaders did not like Jesus? He had some hard words for those guys. Some hard words. Jesus could tell that these guys weren't living what they needed to live. They weren't applying what they needed to apply. And so Jesus has this formula for spiritual growth that he comes along and says, it's not about knowledge plus time. It's about knowledge plus application. There's a pastor by the name of Chip Ingram that says, information plus application equals transformation. So you want to be transformed by God from the inside out. It's about learning something. It's about applying that thing. And then God provides the transformation as we do that. You know, the exciting thing to me about being a part of Epic is watching new people engage God. As they engage God and learn a new principle, they go, oh, okay, Here's the new truth that God is teaching me. Let me see how to apply that truth. And then they learn something new. Oh, here's the next truth that God is teaching me. Well, let me see how to apply that truth. That is so fascinating to me, and it's so exciting to be a part of that process because that's the process of becoming like Jesus. It's to learn something and then apply it. There's this huge difference between knowing truth and living truth. It's a huge difference between those two things. And God is not interested in us just knowing truth. The reality is when you stand before the creator of the universe, when your time on this earth passes and you stand in his presence, he will not say, pop quiz. All right, let's see if you can name all 66 books of the Bible. And then I'll let you into heaven. He won't say, okay, so let me just see if you know what 1 Timothy 4, 7 says. If you know it, then you're in. If not, sorry. Red button, you're going somewhere else. That's not how God's going to interact with us. God will test not what we've learned, but what we've applied. God's interested in knowing how much are you like Jesus? How much have you learned to become like him? Not just how much knowledge do you have of him. How much do you know about Jesus? That's not an impressive statistic with God. How much are you like Jesus is an impressive statistic. Now, the challenge for some of us is that today there are some of you who do not need to learn anything new spiritually. 
kind of a weird statement. But today, as you go home, there's some of you that God has been saying this exact same thing over and over again and over again, and it's about application, and you know what God wants you to do, and you just haven't done it, and so you don't need to learn anything new. You just need to go home and apply what God has said for you to do. That's the greatest challenge for you today, for some of you, is just to go home and apply what God has said. Now, here at Epic, I am, I'm really not interested in creating a group of people who just want to learn more about the Bible. And that's all that we're after. I'm very, inter- very interested in us learning more about the Bible. But I, I don't want us to just get caught up in the idea of learning more for, for more sake. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You know, here at Epic, I I want us to be a group of people who learn a truth from God and then apply that truth in our lives on a daily basis. A group of people that are more interested in pleasing the God of heaven than anyone else around us. A group of people that are radically dedicated to reading and learning what's in God's scripture. God's thoughts captured for us in print, learning it and applying it. You know, a group of people so serious about becoming like Jesus that we will do whatever it takes We will battle any obstacle that stands in our way. That we will be ruthless on our journey to becoming like him because we know that that 1 Thessalonians 4 cloud is coming. You know, that cloud I talk about every once in a while. That there's this cloud coming one day and it's got Jesus in it. One day Jesus is going to show up in a cloud and he's going to step out of that cloud. A trumpet's going to be blown. A shout is going to be given and it's going to be over for those of us who who call ourselves Christ followers. We will be called home to be with God. No chance to come back to planet Earth and do anything different. No opportunity to come back and live differently at your workplace. No chance to tell a neighbor about the relationship with Jesus that they could have. No chance to come back and live in a different way here on planet Earth to be a different kind of light. On that day, it's the finish line. It's done. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's the day that Jesus will call you home. I want us to do everything that it takes in our power to become like Jesus until that day happens, until he steps out of that cloud and we all together look at each other with excitement and say, it's here, it's finally here. And we take off together. And I'm gonna race you. Last one there, I don't know. You get it into heaven anyway, so last one there, I don't know. But what a day that's gonna be. So my hope and prayer for all of us is that we will be transformed by the in, from the inside out as we learn to apply what God is teaching us. And Brandon is going to guide us in a song. It's kind of a reflective song for all of us, kind of a responsive song where we need to just do some business with God while he's singing this. Make some declarations in your own heart about your relationship with God and, and how you want to follow him and the commitment that you have to become like Jesus. So as he's playing this song, just kind of nail some things down in your heart today. 
that you want to be like Jesus more than anything else. And you want to study his scripture, but not only to just learn it, but you want to apply it. So everything you learn, you apply. So let's listen together.